about the nation of Yeshua, that he brought the sun and the moon to a standstill. But Shittas Rashi, which we saw last time, was that Yeshua sang Shira in place of them. Now, Yeshua wasn't the only one to cause the sun to stand still. We see Moshe Rabbeinu also did that. But we don't find, in the case of Moshe, that he brought the moon to a standstill. We saw it only by Yeshua. And we don't find that Moshe sang Shira in place of the sun and the moon. So what we left with the question last time is, what's this concept of the sun and the moon singing Shira? And why was that specifically the nace which was brought about by Yosha? So we saw already that the Apostle says, Haloik Silva Sefer Yosha. That Yeshua saw the precedent for this miracle was what was predicted already in the Torah. There's a difference in the Mephoshim like we saw, we started to talk about, exactly what in the Torah it's referring to. And we're in the middle of Shittas Rashi, and Rashi says, Sefer Yosha refers to Chumash Bereshis. And therefore the Pasuk that it's referring to in Chumash Bereshis was the bracha of Yaakov to Ephraim and Manasseh. And after Yaakov gives his bracha to Ephraim and Manasseh, so what we find is that he put his right hand on Ephraim's head and his left hand, his left hand on Manasseh's head, even though Manasseh was the older brother. And when Yosef put, draws his attention to that, and he says that, if, why did you put your right hand on Ephraim's head? So Yaakov says to him, he says, Yadati Bini, I also knew that he was older and he was younger. And he says about Menashe, Menashe will also become a Shevet, he'll, he'll grow as well. But for Ulam, and this is the Nebuah to Ephraim, Achiv HaKoton Yigdal Mimenu, V'zara Yi Emelei Agoy. So besides the fact that he said that Ephraim will become greater than Menashe, which was the one part of the Nebuah, but the second part is what concerns us here, Zara Yi Emelei Agoy. What does that mean? And the Torah actually explains over there that the whole world will know about him. And Rashi there is the same shit as Rashi here. When will it be happened that the descendants of Ephraim would do something that the whole world will know about? So that, that's what happens here. When uh, Yeshua caused the sun and the moon to stand still, it was something the entire world knew about. That's not the way the Adam of Hashem explained that Pasuk, but Rashi Yashitasa understands that the Nebuah of Yaakov Avinu there was referring to what you showed that here. There's a second prophecy, a second bracha, Nebuah, whatever you want to call it, about Ephraim and Asher. And that's the Nebuah of Moshe Rabbeinu, before he dies. And let's look for the common link. We're referring to the descendants of Yosef. Moshe Rabbeinu says, V'chor shorei hot arloi, v'karne re'eim karno. Vahem yinagach, I mean, Afse Oretz. Vahem rivavos Ephraim, vahem alpe menashe. So, here also, it's not just referring to Yosef, it's referring specifically to Ephraim and Menashe. Moshe, like Yaakov, puts Ephraim first. Vahem rivavos Ephraim, vahem alpe menashe. Moshe also put Ephraim before Menashe. And uh, therefore, what is it referring to? The Bechor Shari Hodorla, the Karne Re'em Karno. The Karne Re'em, the horns of the Re'em, Bahami Nagach Amimiyach after earth. And with them he's going to, so to speak, call the nations to the ends of the world. And Moshe is referring to a similar concept. And that both Yaakov and Moshe are predicting that Ephraim or the descent of Ephraim will 
do a nice, which the entire world will know about it. And it will be part of when he's attacking the nations. So therefore, in, in battle, uh, the descent of Ephraim will do something which the whole world will know about. So that's where this novel was predicted. And that's why the, it wasn't just the fact that the enemy that they were fighting was destroyed. It was something that maybe the people locally in Canaan would have known about. It's not something the whole world would have known about. It was that for the fact that it was done in a way with a nest which the entire planet would know about, which was stopping the sun, stopping the moon, because that's something which everybody would uh, be aware of. So the matter, that was a key of this Nebuah. Why was it? We already asked it last time, why is Africa now? Because this was the time that Kodesh Baruch told you, sure, I'm going to do anything for you. I'm going to do anything for you, just like he brought down the hailstones. So the matter, you sure felt this was the time to ask for this nest as well. So what needs to just be explained is, why would we have to sing Shira? What's the concept of that Yeshua sang Shira instead of the sun and the moon? You told them to keep quiet and sang Shira in their place. So here there's a very interesting Gemara in Yuma, which I want to share with you. And you'll see a big insight. The Gemara at the end of the first paragraph again with the Chafadah. The Gemara says like this. It's a very enigmatic Gemara. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's not all practical to what we're talking about. But the language is negated to us. The Gemara says like this. The Gemara says... The Gemara says, Taner Abana, El Malei Galgal Chama. If not for the movement of the sun in the sky, Nishma Kol Hamonish Laromi. We would hear the voice of the multitudes of Rome. And El Malei Kol Hamonish Laromi. If not for the sound made by the Hamonish, the multitudes of people in Rome, Nishma Kol Galgal Chama. We would hear the sounds of the sun going through the sky. So basically what the Gemara is saying is that there's two different voices, so to speak. And each one drowns the other one out. If not for one, you kill the other one. But because they're both active, so therefore each one, so to speak, deafens us to the other one. And the Gemara, just to prove the point, goes on and says, There are three sounds which can be heard the whole way around the world. The what are they? The first one is called Galgal Chama, the voice of the sun when it crosses the sky. The second one is called and they're the voice of Hamon uh, Romi. The Hamon is the multitudes of people in Rome. And therefore, each of these on their own will be something which the whole world will hear about. Except, since they're both uh, active at the same time, so it's like Prey Kalilo Mishtami. You're going to do different sounds at the same time, and each one, so to speak, blocks the other one. The third one, I can tell what it is, it's called Neshama Shiyatsimilagur. It's voice the Neshama makes when it leaves the body. It's not really it's a different sugya, but at least in the first two points, what's it talking about? What's the concept of the call of the Galgal Chama? What's the concept of the call of Manish Laromi? And uh, why do they, why are they both heard the whole way around the world? Okay, so let's start with uh, the call of the Galgal Chama first. And it's really the Pshat and the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, Hashemayim Mesaprim Kvoitkal. Which means, the Shemayim Mesaprim, they say, oh, Mesaprim is, is like Sipur, it's his Mijayim, to say, oh, they're telling us something. It's not just they're, what, they're showing us something, if we can see it. You know, the Pesukim would say that as well. The famous Pesuk in Yeshayim. Lift up your eyes and see. So we can see something in the sky. But here, though, I'm not saying it's more than that. The sun talks. They're, they're, they're talking. They're telling us something. So why don't you hear that? 
Why don't we hear the sound that the sun's t- Why don't we hear the, whatever the sipper is that the sun's saying? Says the Gemara says over here. Really? Everyone should hear that. What blocks it is the Kol initial Rami. Now what's this idea of the Kol initial Rami? What, what noise does the multitude of Rome make? And what, uh, it doesn't just talk about the going stands. What's the Kol Rami? It was uh, unique about uh, Rome, but that was, the, so to speak, the counter to the sound of the sun. We find this call Harman Shalami lots of times. Just as an example, in the end of Marcus, it says when uh, the three Chachamim, Rebbezer, Bishon, Rebekiva, they heard call Harman Shalami, so they started to cry. But, uh, you see the Yishalayim's in Churban, and uh, you hear the, the sound of the multitude of Rami. He shows Menachem then that if, if this is what Hashem dies for, every return, the Kavachem, for Isaac return. But it's the same idea. What is this, the concept of the call Harman Shalami? The concept of Kalam Anishalami means the success of Rome. Hamoyim, it was powerful, it was successful, it was a world empire. And therefore, the, and what, specifically what, what saddened the Chachomim about it was it's not enough that Rome was a worldview or was an empire which set itself up to attack Gal Yisrael. It was like, so to speak, or, or the, the antithesis to Yiddishkeit. But more than that, they were broadcasting their success. We found them. Rome was a world power in its day. And the call of Moinish Laromi is that, they, that Rome had an interest in broadcasting its success. That this is the power of Rome. But we see this a number of times in Chazals. That it wasn't enough what the Romans did. They had an union of like, trying to make it, like, show this publicly that we were successful. So it was at the Vedazar, there's a famous message there about the parade of Rome. Right, that they used to show that the Aesop is the one who's successful. It wasn't, uh, as opposed to other mouths, you don't find it as much. But after by Rome, you find this Muslim of uh, advertising. That they wanted to broadcast their success. And that's the call Hamoyin Shalami. That we shall be successful, we won, we are powerful, we are that, that's the message which goes out to the world. Now, since Rome was a Malthus, which was, was shown at everywhere in its time, it was a world empire, so we made it, like the Gemara says, it's Yerotim Tsefa and Vatsefa. If that's the empire which is shown it in the world, then wherever you hear, what's being broadcast, so to speak, is the success of Rome. Why is it a stereo to the voice of the sun? Why is it a stereo to the voice of the sun? So look at one more Chazal. And this is the Gemara Sanhedrin. And it's interesting, it's a Gemara which it's asked by someone from Rome, Antoninus, the Roman Emperor. He asks... Uh, he asks He asks, why does the sun set? And as it goes up in the east, it comes, reaches its zenith, in the middle of the day, and then it sets to the west. Why does it set? What did he want to happen? So there are various explanations in the function of exactly what he wanted to be instead of that. But his question, the question was, why, why does the sun set? Why does it just go out of a window or something? Yeah, that was one option. It would just disappear from our view, or it would uh, return back the way it came. What, the, the number of options... And you have to work with each one to understand uh, the astronomer how such thing would be possible. But I'll call upon him. The question is, what's the symbolism of the one the sun goes up and sets? And the Rebbe Yeronas' answer to him, Shemayim The shah that everything bows down to Hashem. The Shekhinah is in the west, and therefore the sun, as much as it rises to a zenith, it, it, it bows to Hashem. It comes down, 
It loses its power and bounces to Hashem. Yes. And what is the symbolism of the question? What is the symbolism of the answer? And the answer is, and this is what the Gemara here is alluding to in Yemen. Rome sold himself as a sun. It sold himself as a world power. But if that's the case, it should stay in the middle of the sky. What's going to cause the sun to set? And the answer we Nasi told him is that Hashem creates the bread that everything in the end comes down and bows down to Hashem. Everything as powerful as it's going to be, the master, at the end of the day, it's going to come down, it's going to lose its power, and it's going to sink. Chazal said the same thing. It's the famous Gemara, in the end, every knee bows down to Hashem. As powerful as the person is, and as defiant as he is, as much as an atheist, but the day comes when everybody dies. And then every knee bends to Hashem. And that's the idea of the sun setting also. As powerful as it's going to be, it's going to set. And this is the counterpoint. Rome can broadcast in the world our power, our strength, we're the world power, we're the dominant, dominant empire in the world, but there's a message the sun is saying every day. And the message of the sun is, it says, and therefore the Gemara says, each one, so to speak, each one takes away from the message of the other one. As much as the sun is showing that every day it sets, but when we see Rome successful, and we see that it doesn't, we don't see them setting, we see them still in their power, so it takes away the message the sun is trying to set. And that is, that any power against Hashem will eventually, as long as, as long as we see Rome, it takes away from the message of the sun. On the other hand, when we see a world power like Rome, but we see it, they're not going to be powerful forever. We see from the sun, as powerful as something can be, and it can be shaded. The sun in midday is powerful, right? But we can see it's not going to last forever. So it dampens the enthusiasm of the power of Rome also. They work against each other. Okay, that's the message of the sun. Now, that's the case. Let's go back to our pastor here in Yisha. What happened to the sun? Says the pastor, The sun remains in the middle of the sky. It doesn't rush to set like on a regular day. It wasn't just that the sun stood still. It stood still in its, in its strongest point. It stood still in the middle of the sky and didn't set. You should have kept it there. You should have kept it not setting. What was that meant to symbolize? What was the idea of stopping the sun back in the middle of the sky? Now like we said, if the idea was just to keep the day going, he could have stopped at any point in the day. Why Dafka at the strongest point? That's, uh, that, that's where he wants to hold it. Precise. Yes. Why was Dafka there? Exactly. The, and that's why he had to sing the song of the sun. When it says that he had to, that he told the sun to keep quiet because he's going to sing that message instead. That's exactly the nice Yeshua wanted to show. That Bimkama Kodesh Baruch was showing every day by the sun setting and everything bowed down to him. So Yeshua wanted to, so to speak, take part in that. And therefore, if this was the day that Klai was going to destroy all the enemies, then we the one who's, we are the ones who's bringing everything to bow down to Hashem. We're the ones who's going to bring, every, who's going to bring everything down. As opposed to the Kol HaMoynashal Romi or any other world power which shows that we're in power. So Adabah, when Klai Yisrael are in power, so our power is to bring everything to bow down to Hashem. Our power is to bring everything, and that's what Yeshua wanted to do. But it shouldn't be that just like shows the symbol of the sun setting that everything bows down to Hashem. No, we're going to do it. That we, by dominating the goyim, it's not we, 
making the empire of Klai Yisrael. It's to bring everything to, to, to bring everything to its acknowledgement that HaKadosh Baruch is in control. Exactly. And as we said in the same post, like in the day, no? we say, that's what Hashem is going to do. But our job is to bring everything to that point. The second, nearest the heavier the earth, we want to bring everything to that stage. That's exactly what Yeshua wanted over here. Now I'm going to do the job of the sun. But the destroying the guy, we're going to be the ones to bring everything to that, that recognition of Malchus. And that's why he gets the sun to keep quiet. I'm going to do your job. Why was this specifically the job of Yosha? Why was this, and this is the last point to explain this point. Why was this specifically the job of Yosha? That was, let's go back to the Nebuah of Moshe Ben. What are the kind of Re'im? Kind of What is kind of the Re'im? We don't know what the is. But we know from the way Chazal described it, it's the biggest prayer there is. Whenever we talk about HaKadosh Baruch Hu, sustaining everything in the world, from the smallest item to the biggest, we say Hashem sustains everything, sorry, Hashem explains from Beit from the eggs of the lice, which is minuscule, to the Karnei Re'em. The Re'em is the biggest creature Hashem created. The Gemara is in various places to talk about the mammoth size of this Re'em. I don't know what it is, we haven't seen one, but it's a enormous creature. What, now, Yoshua is given the strength of the Karen of the Re'em, the horn of the Re'em. What's the significance of that? What's the significance of the Re'em? There's a command of Avasar. And the Gemara in Bavasa talks about the Asid Lavai, how as, as strong as, in the physical creations, the Re'em is the strongest animal created, it's the biggest, it's whatever it is, but it bends to the Melech. Whether it's Mashiach, whether it's talking about the Melech Gabriel, whatever it's going to be. Re'em bends. Kind of Re'em, kind of. It, it lowers its horns. At the high point of the Re'em, it's going to be torn on top of its head, whatever its Re'em is, but it will, it will lower its horns. You should understood that's his job. Kainer and Karno is to show that everything comes, brings power down to Hashem. And that's for him, when he's going to destroy the nations, it's going to be to bring everything to that recognition that Kodesh Baruch is in control. Like we said, that's the job of the sun. That's the symbolism of the sun. Like Rabbi Yeranasu said, the sun comes down, and therefore, Yishon, so the Nase he has to do is exactly that job. It's exactly that job, to, to show when he's going to be victorious, it's going to bring everything to bend to the Malchus of Hashem. And that's why, that's the shira he sang. That's the, the message he brought into creation into when this, when this night happened. So that's a little bit of the explanation of the Malach of Rashi. As Hashem, tomorrow, we'll go back on this second and we'll see the second explanation brought here by the Radak and Adam of Hashem.